Welcome to Growing You, part of LaGrave CRC's adult education program. This week, we continue our conversation about rehabiting our hearts and our spiritual practices. Reverend Mike Hogaboom and Growing You coordinator Emily Redder lead this discussion, combining on what was talked about last week with Professor James Smith and bringing in Tish Warren's Liturgy of the Ordinary. Welcome to uh, Growing You, uh, and welcome to uh, folks who are joining us on YouTube as well later. Uh, we're trying something a little unique this week, and I'll explain more about that later. But for now, let's gather our hearts together in prayer. Holy Spirit, as we uh, lean into this uh, new year, and uh, we, we lift up to you uh, our plans and our hopes and our practices. And we pray that uh, your work in our lives and in our hearts would um, form in us Christ-likeness, love and joy and peace and patience and, and truth. We pray that um, this time now uh, will be used in a way that uh, leads us deeper into that goal. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. All right, so, um, so, so last week we had uh, Jamie Smith and uh, spoke about, um, and yeah, are we... Uh, spoke about um, the Holy Spirit's work in our lives and, um, and faith formation as being um, a work of the Holy Spirit to uh, draw us deeper and deeper into love. That the Bible speaks mostly of us, not so much as thinking people, but as heart people. And, and heart being not just, um, not just that organ, but all of life, our obedience, our decision-making, our passion. And, um, and so today, our goal is to help us not just think about what Jamie was saying, but to help put into practice some of those things as we lean into a new year. And as we, we talked about how to do that, we uh, Emily came up with this idea of what we're going to do today. And, th and this uh, builds on something that we on the Growing You Committee have been um, talking about, wondering if we could do. And, and um, so we're looking forward to this. Let me just step back from that just a minute. As a church, as a committee, Growing You, as Spiritual Formation Committee, um, we're talking about developing um, a definition of what faith formation looks like here at the church. And an important piece of that uh, is that we do this in community with one another. It's not an individual endeavor. And so, and so to, and, and to do that, it's helpful to think of all the ways we as individuals are engaged in community. So, the, the um, corporate worship, that's one area where we experience community as a church. Classroom settings, larger groups like this, like Growing You, 
I, I think choir, they, they function as a, as a larger group, right, that gets together, and there's faith formation that takes place there. And then there's, then there's small group settings, eight to ten people. Then there's one-on-one uh, engagements that we have with one another that help our faith. And then there's personal devotions. And I think you can see as you work your way through that rubric, there's a greater level of intimacy with one another, and there's a greater level of sort of um, that group. And in that intimacy, there's a greater recognition of God at work in that, in that group. And so today, we're trying to find a way for growing you to be not just the delivery of information, but the exchange also of kind of how the Spirit's at work in our lives. And this seems like a really safe way to do that. Safe in that we don't have to, uh, uh, safe way to do that. So uh, with that, I'll turn it over to Emily to get us started. All right, so those of you who were here last week, we were talking about um, the fact that we can't think our way to holiness, but we need to practice and um, do things that will teach our heart how to be more like God. And um, this is coming from Jamie Smith's book, You Are What You Love, which is a fabulous um, philosophy book. And in, in this session, we're going to be talking about some of the things he says in that book, and we're also going to be referring to the book um, Liturgy of the Ordinary, which is by Tish Warren. She took a lot of the ideas from You Are What You Love and tried to look at what that looked like as she was living out her days and weeks in her, in her practical life. So they, are, they talk a lot about the same ideas of spiritual formation from very, very different perspectives, some very philosophical views versus some really seriously mundane day-to-day details. So Tish Warren says, if I am to spend my whole life being transformed by the good news of Jesus, I must learn how the grand sweeping truths, doctrine, theology, ecclesiology, Christology, how they rub against the texture of an average day. Because how I spend this ordinary day in Christ is how I will end up spending my entire Christian life. So we are going to explore what, what does this look like in the light of the new year. We're, here we are in 2022. And what is this going to mean for us this year? So many of you have already seen the first polling question. Did you make a New Year's resolution for 2022? Very curious. If, we have an answer, can we if you have an answer, put it in there, and we'll, we'll see where. So it looks like we are mostly in the no camp. Um, that may be true for you every year or maybe just this year where we're just like, who's just going to take it day by day? <laughs> Some of us are there, I'm sure, at this point. It's been a long couple of years of not knowing what is coming. So um, that, that's interesting to me. So of, for anyone who has ever made a New Year's resolution, what 
was the focus? So we have health, wealth, family. We're very spiritual. <laughs> yeah, very, not very. So I think health, health is often the one I hear of in our culture that's sort of a, um, a common thing that we get encouragement to do. We're gonna eat right or exercise more here in a new year. My, my, Facebook, my Facebook feed is full of, is full of uh, gym membership <laughs> sort of applicant yes. advertising. Yes, it is the season to sign up for a gym membership. Absolutely. But it looks like many people have made spiritual resolutions. And I, I love that. I think there's something about having a habit of looking at your life and choosing to try something new that the new year brings. It's just the turning of another calendar page, but there is some momentum of, hey, let's just try something new. And it's, it's a great time to, to just make an exploration of something new. So I love that spiritual is on there a lot for people because I think that our lives are so benefited by just taking a minute to do new things at a, on a regular interval. So in our culture, there is a definite liturgy of the new year where it's like, it's a new year, it's a new you, fresh start. Like we're very much invited to leave the past behind and take a new step into a new vision of ourselves and to set new intentions for our habits explicitly. And this is really, I feel like, embraced in our in our wider culture and I think it's a, a fairly healthy thing and I'm wondering what our spiritual life New Year liturgy would look like like do we have a similar rhythm of saying the past is the past and we are looking forward and who are we going to how are we going to be more like Christ going forward and how is God working in our life and I think the liturgical calendar guides us through that process every year. If we lean into that, it's, it brings us through a period of waiting and longing and, and perhaps in, in Lent trying new things to, to enter into being more like Christ. So what guides your path? as you renew spiritual habits, as you are gonna to try to do something new in your life, what has historically influenced you? Has it been? All right, so our small groups, <laughs> our small groups and mentors. <laughs> okay. yeah, that small, that small group mentor section is, is um, significant. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. It doesn't look like any of us have chosen the liturgical calendar, which is interesting to me. I think in some ways the sermon series um, is related to that because at, at this church, at least, we um, do follow the liturgical calendar to guide what the sermon series are talking about. I think as I look at it, can I just, I, I'm curious on the 
small group slash mentor. I, I like that it's together, and yet part of me is curious, like how, how um, I'll just say personally, uh, having a mentor in my life has been an important part of my own faith formation piece, and so I was just, I'm just curious, is it small group? Is it mentor? I think it fits together. That's, that's, that's not a complaint, but, and, um, and I noted, I, and we, sh uh, I find this very encouraging from this perspective in 2015, I think I've shared this before, but that's okay. I'll keep, I'll probably keep sharing it as many times as I have a chance to, uh, in 2015 was the last time that Barna put out a state of discipleship in the church. And there was a high level of participation in corporate worship and personal devotions with a with a noticeable gap in small group participation and one-on-one -on -one mentoring and those sorts of activities and so when i look at this i'm that at least makes me curious and positively so to say well mentoring and small group uh participation it seems to be something that we all hear take seriously so that's encouraging yeah please yeah mm -hmm. I I'd agree with that yeah, yeah so absolutely. the comment there was um, mentor a, a broader definition for that maybe just a, a good broad definition just Christian friends family members those sorts of people in our lives those significant people in our lives and I think that's right All right, so what would be practices that you've experienced that taught your heart to love God more deeply? And on this screen, you may choose whatever you would like to enter. You may type it in and we'll, we'll see things coming up. If someone else enters something that really resonates with you, you can repeat that and it will, that entry will get bigger so we can see if there's something. Uh, question. Uh, question. Can we put, can we put like, more than, like more than one word, or is it just or is it just a one word response? You put in one word. If okay. you are really want to put three words in a row, put a dash in between them so the software doesn't know. Okay. okay. <laughs> so this is a one word response. Okay. Now, Emily, now, I haven't done this so before, so is there any correlation, correlation between size, between size of, the of the words? How does, how does, the more what, time what can we gather from that? Entered, okay. The bigger it gets. Okay. 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 So right. prayer and worship have been responded okay. more times than the other pieces. Okay. So I, I definitely um, can understand the prayer, worship, singing at, at our church. These things are things we, we love, we do. And um, I know they've, they've certainly brought me into God's presence and taught me to love him more too. So I, I love seeing that and all sorts of other things. Nature, what a, it's just fabulous. Does anything up anything here surprise, up surprise you, surprise Pastor you, Mike? Pastor <laughs> I have to say, when I saw, when I saw a diverse Christian community, that surprised me. So, it pleasantly so. Yeah, I think definitely being in community with people different than us can teach us so much about God. Maybe it surprised me because it's hard for me to find 
So, so that's, that's, was a, that's what, that's what made that pleasant about it. All right, so let's, let's try this another way. So what are practices that have taught your heart to love your neighbor more deeply? So this might be the same, this might be different. So service is, is definitely something that many of us have, have seen. When we serve others, we certainly, th this gets back to a lot of the, the ideas in you are what you love. When you, when you go through the physical actions of taking care of someone, you learn to love them and that's not something you can just decide in your mind. You want to keep it going? Well, what surprised me on that one, just to answer the question mm -hmm. again on this one, was the receiving hospitality piece. I just want to point that out because just generally speaking, I think of myself and I think of our church probably as people who are used to um, giving out of our gifts, out of our resources. And so the thought of, and, and the significance in our, in our own spiritual development of receiving from others. Uh, I, didn't write, I didn't put that one down, just to be clear. Uh, but uh, when I read that, it's like, oh yeah, I have received so much from others and that has uh, impacted me, so. All right. We're going to move on here. So we love because he first loved us. 1 John 4, verses 19 through 20 say, We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, and yet hates his brother, he is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. And in You Are What You Love, Jamie Smith talks a lot about how the claim is not that we love God because God loves us first, but simply that we love at all because God loved us first. And that part of us being image bearers of God is that we love, we are loving creatures. And so, what does it mean to you to know that you are loved and you're made in the loving image of God? So what daily practices help you remember your identity as a beloved child and as an image bearer of God? Yeah, I love the remember my baptism. This is something that Jamie Smith and Tish Warren keep coming back to that it's such an important part of the identity of who every one of us are, that we are firstly God's child, that he chose us and he marked us. And that is, for whatever else defines who we as people may be, that's the, the basis of our identity here on earth. All right. So then part of what we're, we're going to talk about today is how, how do we know what it is that we really love? This was something Jamie talked about. You know, you, you're on a journey to find the, the, your heart's desire, and he had those, the people journeying, got all the way to the threshold of the room, and then they started thinking, maybe I don't want to go in because I, maybe I don't actually know what the deepest desire of my heart is. 
So Tish Warren had some ideas of how to examine our lives. So she says, our sleep habits both reveal and shape our loves. A decent indication of what we really love is that for which we willingly will give up sleep. So she had some ideas like taking care of her sick children, prayer, bringing a friend to the airport, helping people, and less noble examples like work or entertainment or worrying or um, all sorts of ideas. But what are you most likely to give up sleep for? Looks like family is a is a big one. Those of us with small kids, for sure. <laughs> that just comes with the territory. Not seeing a lot of to watch one more episode on Netflix. I don't see that one. <laughs> I didn't want to be truthful on that one. <laughs> it's always there for you. <laughs> I know my children will never understand like how that used to work. Family, family's the winner here. So is there anything that you would like to choose less of in your life in order to choose more rest? I'm, I'm thinking most of us need more rest in our lives. Maybe you are a super rested person. Yes? The last question was about sleep. Is rest different than sleep? I generally would think rest is different than sleep. So, so say a little bit more. How would you want to define that then, rest? Rest can happen for me in many ways when I am not sleeping. Um, it can be resting from work or resting from busyness yep. or rest for me would include doing my hobbies those sorts of, i think of it that way i think is that right okay things that fill your bucket instead yeah. of drain your bucket that might be sleeping more if you're really tired oh anxiety that's a great one can all relate to that over the last few years All right, we, we need to keep ourselves moving here. Yeah, okay. In the season of Advent that we just came out of, the season of expectant waiting and also sometimes hectic calendars in December, did you choose rest? And for our family, it was, it was an interesting COVID quarantine Advent, so we rested a lot. Mm. <laughs> It felt, it felt very nice, actually. Well, and I ta I've talked, I've spoken with folks who have had similar experiences this Advent just because of distance or illnesses. They didn't do as many activities as what they normally did, and they found that to be refreshing, actually. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Something I would never choose to do myself, I don't think. I would have ever completely cleared the calendar for all of December. <laughs> I like the sometimes. I think that's what my, I usually try 
to not have December get out of control. And there's only so much that can be done when living in fellowship with other people and celebrating holidays. So how about our worship? What does our worship teach our heart about who we are and what it is that we love? And here I have uh, another uh, quote from from You Are What You Love, but I think we're going to move on here so we can keep getting to where we need to get. What are the main elements of the story arc of our worship here at LaGrave? Absolutely. So there is a liturgy in our service as well as a liturgy in our life where we go through, we praise, we confess, we may lament, we um, pray, we learn, and we are sent. Maybe those were uh, a lot of the answers. <laughs> but there's a, there's a regular rhythm to what we do here. When I don't know if any of you went to a church when you were growing up where you read the Ten Commandments every Sunday. That was a big part of our story as I was growing up. And it, as we think, think about this, so when I'm thinking about our worship, I, I always think about what each part of it is teaching me or my kids about who I am and who God is and who the, the body of Christ is and how we all come together. It's in that beautiful time when we show up on Sunday morning and from all the different places become one body and do the thing when we are together. All right, so what heart habits do you want to practice with new purpose? Is there something you would like to love more or something you would like to worship less? So as in you are what you love, there's a lot of discussion of all of these habits that we have that we do each and every day are definitely, um, they're teaching us what to love, but in that it is, it is how we worship. That's how we as children of a loving God worship. So Tish Warren actually talks about, she meditates on things of God with some of the things she does in her life, such as when she's making the bed, she is contemplating that God made the world. He brought, he brought order out of chaos. And she is in some way, every day in her life, being invited into God's work of making everything new. So she's gonna start by making her bed, which she will confess was not a habit she had before she started this practice, <laughs> but that she will start each day with an intention of making things new and bringing order in, into things of this world for God. So. There's all sorts of things that we do every day. And in that you can, there's many things we do that maybe we are not thinking about the reason behind that you can, you can add to in thinking about how it fits into who God is and who you are as his child. And those things are habits you already have. So those are even easier to adopt, but they can teach you to love God more and to be more in tune with who you are as his child in the way you're doing each day. So Smith says, there's two things required for new disciplines to take hold. 
a community and a commitment, and a commitment to things we probably don't enjoy, because it's sure easy to pick up things that we enjoy. So if we're thinking about doing something new that maybe we don't enjoy, um, his encouragement is to do this always in community, because the way that we were made is as fellowshipping people, in that these are the things that actually do um, come to fruition in our lives when we make commitments with other people. And that doesn't need to be like a shaming accountability situation, but encouragement and invitation are big pieces of what bring us to do new things. So our last question, what is a spiritual discipline you might like to explore in a new way this year? This is a super inspiring list. Slowing down. Excellent. Well, thank you all for, for joining in the conversation with us and thinking about these things. And I would like to invite you to explore these things we may, even, we may even look at this for uh, some ideas for sessions coming up. If there's something on here that we were not planning to do, we, could, we can look at that. All right. Let's close with prayer, shall we? Holy Spirit, thank you again for gathering us together. And we pray that as we are sent back out into the world, into our work, into our families, into uh, the relationships around us and the responsibilities that we have, that we would be mindful of your work in our lives, paying attention to the small ways and the large ways that you are transforming our hearts into um, the loving likeness of Jesus. We pray this in his name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for Growing You. We will be taking next week off for our congregational meeting. If you'd like to start a new habit or work on an old habit, in two weeks, Jolene Dahir will lead us on scripture reading. We hope you will join us.